0: So I would say Tony Stark is my favorite villain.
1: (laughs) Tony Stark, that's funny.
0: We're going to go on record. He's my favorite villain. Robert Downey Jr., you play a great villain. Hey, I'm Xander. And I'm Kim. And we here at Geek Prime are so excited for Marvel's Avengers Endgame that we decided to watch the entire MCU all over again.
1: The whole thing.
0: Today we're going to be talking about... Phase 1. So, for phase one, it's obviously Captain America, Iron Man, Iron Man 2, The Incredible Hulk, Thor, and Avengers. We also put Captain Marvel in there because, number one, it's an origin story, and number two, it contains a very important plot point, and it also comes chronologically in-universe in phase one. So, we know it's a little controversial which movie you start with, whether it's Iron Man, Captain America... We decided we were going to start with captain america just the very beginning 1940s so we watched captain america then captain marvel iron man iron man 2 hulk thor and avengers and we watched the little uh, one shots that marvel included in the dvd releases as well just because they give a little extra sometimes sometimes not a big story thread running through all of phase one is the tesseract that's part of the reason we included captain marvel in this part Obviously, you know, a couple of movies don't have the Tesseract in it, but the Tesseract's pretty important. It shows up in three different franchises in Captain America, Captain Marvel, and in Thor. Uh, And it becomes very important, obviously, in the Avengers. So, obviously, very important. We didn't know at the time, but we know now. It contains an Infinity Stone, one of three that are on Earth. So, which out of all of the Phase 1 movies was your favorite?
1: I think when it comes to the phase one movies, it's been so long since I watched them, and I truthfully have only watched them once until this very moment. So what was super surprising, all of the origin stories were super surprising. I, for some reason, looked back on them and thought that they were cheesy, and then we rewatched them, and they're still a little cheesy, and you can tell that Marvel was still trying to feel certain things out, but they were actually more enjoyable than I remember.
0: Yeah, you get a little more appreciation now that we have, now that we have more of the story, yeah, played.
1: yeah, I would have to say Captain America
0: really was
1: my favorite. You're out usually of all very their...
0: anti Captain America.
1: Yeah, I, he's not my favorite character. I've been super vocal about that, but it, the movie was just really well done. It was a You know, really great character development, really great plot development. I think it was just, you know, there was not one moment where I felt bored or... You got um, to see
0: Chris Evans with that, that normal-sized head but that tiny little body.
1: Yeah, I, I think maybe, yeah, the C, the CGI definitely leaves something to be desired. But, the you know, I just think it was a really, really well-done storytelling, super engaging from start to finish. So I weirdly enjoyed Captain America the most out of all of the phase one movies.
0: Yeah, I think it's a great, uh, I know a lot of people, like I said, like to start with Iron Man. I do think Captain America is a really good kickoff. The the very hopeful story. It's kind of the Superman of the MCU, and in terms of the CGI, I mean, it's tough to make a make a guy who is built like Chris Evans, you know, put his face on a scrawny dude. So, you know, hazards of the of making a movie out of what is very easily drawn as a comic book.
1: A for effort, I guess. Yeah,
0: yeah. I thought the movie was very uh, very epic in its scale. The other movies, even though they were similarly. As long as Captain America, they felt more contained than Captain America. They were telling a lot of lot of story in the very first Captain America, but the pacing was still good.
1: So, what was your favorite?
0: I, I think, uh, I think the Avengers, the the capstone of of Phase One, was probably my favorite. Or, I mean, I have to say, I've only seen Captain Marvel once, so that might actually. Be my favorite one because I really, really loved it when I saw it in theaters. But you know, I've got to, I've got to watch it a couple of times like I have the other ones. So, did anything seem out of place to you in watching Phase One? Were there any bugs they were working out of the system that you saw? I
1: don't know. I didn't. I didn't catch any, but I'm not um, terribly attentive to that stuff.
0: I mean, I asked because I specifically have something in mind, and it's uh, it's the Hulk. It's really an outlier in in these Phase 1 movies that doesn't really, other than the after, after credit, credit scene, yeah. that has Tony Stark talking to General Ross, and General Ross himself, who becomes Secretary Ross later in the movies, though William Hurt, who plays Ross, said that Secretary Ross is like a completely different version of the character. There's almost nothing other than references in The Avengers that really mattered from the Hulk to the whole MCU, which, I mean, it would have been interesting to see Mark Ruffalo play that character in that standalone movie. I thought Edward Norton did a great job, though, I mean, uh, just like I think Terrence Howard did a great job as Colonel Rhodes in the first Iron Man. But again, there's some scenes in, in later movies that I just, I couldn't imagine anyone but Don Cheadle and Mark Ruffalo, you know, acting in.
1: Yeah, I think... I'll go on the record and say it that Mark Ruffalo was my favorite Hulk, of everyone who has played Hulk, and I've interviewed Lou Ferrigno, and I still maintain that Mark Ruffalo is my favorite Hulk. There's just something about him as Bruce Banner, um, that is endearing, and and then and then he transforms into the Hulk, which is this massive sort of destructive force, and the the juxtaposition. Of those two things the the yin and yang of those two things i think mark ruffalo nails it
0: yeah no he does he does a great job and i will say i find it weird that i'm defending the hulk i've been on record multiple times that i do not like the hulk at all i do feel bad that everyone else got three movies and the hulk got one that was thrown in the trash basically so you know maybe a little maybe a little love for the hulk next time i mean he did kind of get half of a second movie with Ragnarok but we'll cover that in phase 3. Did you have a favorite I mean you said ca- Captain America was your favorite movie. Did you have a favorite hero?
1: Captain Marvel.
0: Captain Marvel? 100%
1: yeah. Captain Marvel. Although again, it was super surprising rewatching everything uh, and realizing how much I really loved Black Widow and Hawkeye.
0: Yeah, I I totally forgot about the fact that um everyone was angry that Hawkeye's first major appearance in a movie his first like full length time in a movie he was a bad guy for most of it when uh, when loki took over his mind in avengers i i forgot about how how scarlett johansson had played her her relationship with the hulk basically she does a really good job as black widow as being someone who's just like really badass and doesn't care about anything but she is genuinely afraid of the hulk and it's it's just a fascinating thing seeing that and knowing how that relationship is going to grow, that it's, yeah. What about villains?
1: My favorite villain? Phase one, there is a lot of Loki. so There was
0: a lot of Loki.
1: So I don't know, I don't know if that makes him my favorite. I, it just kind of makes him just the more dominant villain, I think, of, the, of these movies that we're talking about.
0: Yeah, and... Watching these again, so I had fallen in in recent years with this whole idea that until Ragnarok, Marvel had a Loki problem, which the theory went that or the the argument went Loki was too much of a mustache twirling villain and that his character was actually just a trickster. And I hadn't hadn't really watched the the Thor movies that much. And I'd only I'd seen Avengers the least out of all the other uh, movies other than. Hulk, I guess um but uh but looking back I I start to disagree with the whole the Loki problem thing in in Thor he did play very much a trickster I mean I don't want to get ahead of ourselves but in, in in all the Thor movies I thought he was very much the trickster he did get a little evil sometimes I think people's problem was in Avengers how he was just like really a bad dude but I I Looking back with what we know now, I think that's more the being manipulated by Thanos. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's where that comes from.
1: We got Thanos in this first phase, which I, for some reason, completely forgot.
0: And he looks totally different from, obviously, like, you know, the CGI's progressed. They've had different, you know, artwork for the movies. But it's just so funny looking back at that Thanos when you get, like, a glimpse of him at the end of, of Avengers he looks so different from the infinity war thanos yeah
1: he, we we got like he was like a, a little more grayish and he looked like a cartoon yeah
0: he yes he definitely looked like the cartoon uh, like the comic book thanos yeah but they did i guess ease us into the into the josh brolin look but my favorite villain i mean uh, you know i don't know if i had a favorite villain i i would say i would say out of this phase whiplash was the most understandable villain in iron man 2 i mean he did he and his family did kind of get screwed out of everything by the starks and it goes to my whole uh my whole theory as much as i don't like the hulk i really really don't like iron man i haven't like before the mcu came out I did not like Iron Man at all. And I think a, a running theme through the entire MCU is Tony Stark causes problems. Tony Stark, and I guess his father, caused whiplash later in the MCU. Again, getting ahead of ourselves. Tony Stark causes Ultron. There's a lot of, a lot of Tony Stark causing problems that then everybody else has to suffer for. So I would say Tony Stark my favorite villain.
1: <laughs> Tony Stark, he's that's my, funny. I'm
0: going to go on record. He's my favorite villain. Robert Downey Jr., you play a great villain. So you talked about how you, your feelings really changed on Captain America. Do you you notice anything else from when you first watched these movies to now?
1: I think I have, so on the Tony Stark subject, I think I have a renewed appreciation for the dialogue of, of Iron Man I a lot of his quippy lines granted some of it's overkill to be honest and that's what always bothered me about Iron Man is that all he is is these like punchy one-liners but I do have a renewed appreciation for them just rewatching it sometimes watching it with closed captions on like you know you really appreciate the writing that went into him and and this is it's funny because it's phase one so the writers were still feeling out you know, yeah. how to how to write Iron Man, how to write, you know, Iron Man for Robert Downey Jr. And th- I think they did an excellent job. I forgot how funny it was. Some of his lines are like laugh out loud funny. And so I don't I don't remember that from the first time that I watched it, you know, 10 <laughs> or so years ago. Um, but but yeah, watching it now, I'm like, he's got some some incredible dialogue.
0: Yeah. And and I think looking back on it now. We were, first off, we saw these movies years apart and we were also, we weren't used to this one cohesive universe thing. We were used to, you know, you got the Batman movies of the nineties, you had the Nolan Batman movies, you had the Christopher Reeve Superman movies. So you had these like, you had these hero franchises, but they never really intermixed with each other. You know, the X-Men never met Fantastic Four, never met Spider-Man, yeah. uh, you know. Uh, never met, you know. Hellboy. I understand those are different companies. Which don't is, don't come at well, me on Twitter.
1: I was gonna say. I I think one of the most interesting things when I saw Kevin Smith talk a long time ago, and he had this excellent defense of of Batman v Superman, which you know is just it. Everyone acknowledges it was a pretty terrible movie. Even if you were a Batman fan or Superman fan or even just a DC fan, it was a it was a problematic movie. Which we
0: generally are. <laughs>
1: But Kevin Smith had probably one of the greatest defenses of it. And it's that, you know, all these heroes that are are at the time, just two heroes, but you know, all these heroes that we, we see teaming up all the time in, in, in comic books and and they're such epic team, team ups in the comic books. We rarely get a chance to see that come to life in, you know, in television or movies. So when they do, it's, it's a rare thing and it's an exciting thing that, that you know, sometimes tests your fandom, um, but but yeah, it's it's an exciting thing, and and you know, Kevin Smith for one was excited to see those two heroes finally on the big screen together. And so, could it have been better? Could it have been Avengers caliber? Yeah, like
0: that. We and yeah, we, we have that. Yeah. But, and we have thoughts about how how um that could have been better addressed, but that's for another podcast. But but yeah, that, it, it was
1: so cool that Marvel put together the Earth's Mightiest Heroes and put them all in one movie. And they were such big names that they got to all collaborate on this one film that was really, really well executed. So that was kind of unprecedented for its time. And that's, that's awesome.
0: And I think to a point also, uh, something you mentioned while we were watching, it really put Avengers... On the map, I mean, everybody knows the Justice League, but I mean, as much as people who are fans of comic books like us, they we know the Avengers, we know who they are, but a lot of people had heard of the Justice League. Not as many people had heard of, I think, the Avengers. Yeah. And But now that's all anyone talks about is the next Avengers movies. People that 10 years ago I could have never had a comic book conversation with are, you know, are are asking me, did you get your tickets for Endgame yet? You know? Yeah. And it's you know it's kind of incredible, and also there's an attention to detail thing that that you and I had had talked about when we were watching it. I think you were talking about the battle damage on on Iron Man every single movie.
1: Yeah, uh, that was that was amazing, and that's one of those things again that I wish. Sometimes DC would would pay more attention to that that attention to detail that I as a fan appreciate the fact that you know that Tony Stark does endure battle damage when he goes out there and he fights the bad guys and they and comes sputtering
0: up. back to uh to Stark Tower
1: yeah that that you know this Iron Man suit isn't invincible it doesn't just magically sort of heal itself it it sputtering
0: the invincible Iron Man
1: yeah. It, it sputters, it malfunctions. It, it, at the end of the day, it's a piece of technology. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you drop your phone on the floor, the screen's going to crack, you know? Yeah. And so I love that they approached it that way as opposed to, you know, like it either magically repairing itself or it sort of looking battle damaged but not acting battle damaged. I think they, they did a really good job um, blending um, the sort of the fantastic of of superheroes and the and a little bit of realism. And and honestly, I I think I want to sort of close out this this podcast with a I want to close out this podcast acknowledging you know the power of continuity. That kind of continuity creates communities around your fandom. Mm-hmm. Um it's and that's a powerful thing. It creates inside jokes that that people can share and trade with each other um, and memes and and, and things that sustain you through 10 years of a franchise. I I think that's, that cannot be underestimated. So, so that, that continuity, again, unprecedented in this genre of movies. So uh, I I do have an appreciation for, you know, after watching phase one, the, the foundation that um, Marvel lay, not just, you know, for themselves and for Aven- the Avengers franchise but really setting a standard for any movie really not just superhero movies but movies based around a fandom that that when you have that attention to detail and you have that continuity that's what creates community around your fandom
0: yeah and excitement for it the way we see excitement for the every new Marvel movie from Ex- from Guardians to Ragnarok to uh endgame.
1: Yeah, that that creates longevity and I and I hope that my other fandoms and I'm not just looking at DC here. I hope that my other fandoms sort of pick up on that. I mm-hmm. think Harry Potter did an amazing job with that as well. So, so yeah, every fandom out there. And, yeah,
0: Discovery is doing an interesting foray into that in uh in, in Captain Pike's storyline. I, I definitely agree with you. It's it's yeah. really interesting.
1: And not to throw shade at at DC, I think you know the Greg Berlanti. Um, oh man, DC, Greg Berlanti
0: does a great yeah. job with the DC universe and connecting. It's like a it's like a mini DC EU that that the Arrowverse has created. And uh, the movies, uh, for some reason, uh, they're not they're not hitting the right notes. And I mean, we have thoughts on how to fix this. If uh, if anyone over at D.C. wants our thoughts, wants us to write up a spec script, we are more than happy because we love uh, we love D.C. just as much as we love the MCU. And we want to see that thrive as well. Seems like we are really bleeding into phase two a little bit with some of this commentary. So like you said, uh, that's the final note in this podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Please make sure to give us your thoughts in the comments. You can reach out to us on Facebook, on Twitter, uh, Geek Prime X. Uh, You can check us out on Instagram, geek.prime. And if you like us, uh, give us a rating, recommend us to your friends, and as always, keep listening. So until next time, we'll see you later.
1: Bye.